You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vaughn. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. He fathered no children, yet all of the land became his progeny. He was forced into war by a misunderstanding, and always claimed he was no warrior, yet he came to fight as well as any man. (laughs) I just can't get over what I said. (laughs) All right, chapter chapter 25. We're not even... We'll leave it up to y'all to think about what I said, what I could have possibly said, but oh, I just couldn't. Goodness gracious, we can pronounce some words. At least, at least we don't. We aren't doing helenium again. Helenium. I do. I I nailed that one better than progeny. <laughs> Pro, progeny. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. So, man, I'm a bit loud. You you have your work cut out for you on the audio. That's um. That's uh. What was that? It's like on that Rick and Morty one of those recent episodes. Like. You got English homework. He's like, English is the language you speak. How dumb are you? <laughs> okay, anyway. Okay. Chapter 25, all right. So Vin wakes up to a, a light bark. Um, or Sora is being like more of a homie now, man. He he lets her know that someone is coming into her room while she's sleeping. And that's pretty huge. So she jumps up, she's ready to fight, and Tendul comes in and is like, hey. Um you should go dress shopping. And she's like, uh, that sounds dumb. And, you know, and she's like, so do you, okay, fine. Just get dressed, come, and you don't even have to buy anything if you don't want. And Vin's like, oh, I really want to go. Okay, so she goes. But she she acts all stubborn about it. But she ends up wanting to go, and she's still questioning whether she belongs in, like, the beauty of, like, noble society. Because she's going through Keep Venture, and it's beautiful. You know, and she's pointing that out. And then Vin gets super duper duper annoyed because coming along with them is Spook. And Spook's not the one that's annoying her, but it's Orianne. Mm-hmm. Orianne's coming along with them. And Tendril's like, dude, she's like a noble woman that's like in the know right now. You need her help, not mine, on like how to dress properly and stuff like that. And Vin's like, fine. And. You know, she takes her sword with them, which is hilarious. The, this idea of a terrorist woman sitting next to Oriane, who's just sitting across from a dog. Like, uh, does the dog need to be sitting in the seat? And Vin's like, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Oriane is just kind of talking. She wants to know, though. She wants to know, is everything they say true about you, Vin? Like, you killed the Lord Ruler. Like, like, is this all real? And Vin's like, try me, essentially. And she's like, okay, I believe it. You know, you seem pretty pretty stubborn and straightforward um but she goes why do you dress the way you do essentially and vin's like basically says something along the lines of like oh you know i'm a ska and orianne you know pauses and i think oh here it comes right here comes like that reaction that everyone has she just goes i guess that makes sense why you don't know how to dress and vin gets like insulted like what do you mean well no no i think orianne basically goes oh bless your heart yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh that's so terrible i'm so sorry yeah and vin gets really mad but like i i don't think there's any ill will here too because she immediately leans into oh that's what breeze told me breeze is half ska too it would have really made my father mad because my father doesn't treat the ska very well yeah she's just very ditzy doesn't understand anyway yeah she she insulted but like not purposely yeah (laughs) it's it's weird but 
anyway, Vin Vin kind of lets it go, and you know, the thing here is that they get there, and Vin is just scowling at Orianne about how much she's enjoying finally going to a dress shop and everything. And I, I think earlier in this chapter too, she Vin overhears Orianne talking to Tyndall about needing to buy new clothes, and Tyndall's like, "Honey, it's okay. I think Ellen's money is going to be plenty. Like, I think you're going to have plenty of money to buy whatever you want." And Tyndall notices that and goes, basically calls Vin out on a little bit of hypocrisy. He, she's like, "So you're judging her because she likes gowns, dresses? You judging her because she was raised to be this way? Yet you're not happy when everyone judges you." For being a ska? For how you came up? And Vin's like, eh, humbug. You know, like, she doesn't want to hear it, but she understands what, what Tendril's saying. And, man, Vin does miss balls. She misses going out into the... Don't <laughs> I'm not trying to... I'm sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, I didn't mean to. Okay. Vin, Vin sure does miss noble life. Yeah. Um, Vin misses noble life, right? And Tendril notices that, and she goes, you really, like, you do miss this, don't you? And she's like, well, how would you know? And he's like, well, all your friends told me. Everyone's told me that you would wear, you know, gowns still. You would still wear these dresses, even after the Lord Ruler fell. But you just stopped randomly, and I don't know why. And, and Vin relives that moment, right? You know, because she, go, she goes, um, he doesn't relive it. Like, she's about to, because Tendril just goes, I don't know why. And Vin's like, it's whatever. It's not me. It's not me. And then Tendril just comes straight out and says it. Why haven't you married Ellen? Right. Why haven't you married him? And she has like the PTSD, like dog meme flashback moments where she looks back at it. Vietnam dog. And we learned that that's the moment that she stopped wearing gowns is when, when Ellen proposed to her and she turned him down and eventually tendled through being, you know, playing therapist here, eventually pulls it out of Vin that Vin just tells her she doesn't feel like she's worthy of having Ellen. And so She's wanted to separate herself as far from that image as possible. She points out and says, you know, Ellen needs someone like Orianne, someone who can be a queen, you know. And so she stopped wearing gowns to try to separate her own image as far as possible from what she thought Ellen needed. And she's just being self-destructive. That's ultimately what it is. Well, Tendril's like, that's kind of ridiculous, but okay. And they get into, uh, oh, what's she say? She has a really good quote about Ellen. He goes, how do you not know? You know, Ellen cares about you. You know, he, Vin's like, well, he learned, he he started caring about me when you thought I was a noble woman. And he goes, and did he, did he change his mind? Did he leave? After he found out who you were. And she's like, no. And he goes, I think you, you think too little of Ellen. And this, we finally hear what Tyndall actually thinks of him because she straight up says, Vin, she goes, he's a scholar with the will of a warrior. And she's, Tyndall's never said anything good about Ellen up mm-hmm. to this point. And yet we're getting this view of, of, you know, kind of what she truly thinks here. And Vin's like, well, you know, I never really thought about it that way. And she's like, I never really got to dance with Ellen. And fine, I'm going to, you know, put on some dresses. I'm going to go ahead and get one. And Tendril basically helps her get one. And she starts pointing out ways to make the dress better. And she goes, no, no, you know, Vin. She's talking to the dressmaker or the dressmaker is like measuring Vin. And she's like, no, no, Vin needs more mobility. She needs you to make it, you know, here. And and Tendril actually like guides the dressmaker into essentially making a a more mobile gown for Vin, something she could go in and style, but still be, you know, fairly, you know, I'm going to say mobile for the third time, (laughs) you know, fairly mobile. Agile. Yeah, agile. Thank you. There we go. Um, Something that's really cool here is the dressmaker and everyone's staring at her as she's moving in this gown. 
and she's like, why are you staring? And she's like, the dressmaker's like, I've never seen someone move with such grace. And even Tendril says, no, you have a grace that noblewoman would literally kill to have in the way you move. And we, we get this sense, right? We get Vin's little bit, a little bit of adventure back into noble society, right? Like she does belong there. I know that sounds weird to say she does belong there though. She, she, she's made it enough of her own. She even said something to the effect of like, it's not, I'm not Vin, but I'm not Valette. I'm me. Mm-hmm. And so bad news though. Spook's like, yo, we got spotted. And everyone's like, oh gosh, what is it? Vin tenses up, is ready for a fight. And it turns out the Church of the Survivor has found Vin once again. And so the church is outside and she's like, all right, I got to sneak out the back. And Tendril's like, no, you're not. Go talk to them. And surprisingly here, Orianne grabs her arm and is like, we'll go do it together. Let's go. And drags her out there. And it's really funny because we see how like, you know, motivated and kind of like gung-ho uh, uh, Orianne is about going out there. But the minute they get out there, she like leans into Vin and goes, so if this crowd gets really angry and wants to tear us apart, you could easily take all of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Vin's like, that's not going to be necessary. Um, but she finds herself, they are scared. They're asking for like what they're going to do. And she finds herself unable to tell them the truth. And, and to her, the truth is that the city's going to fall and there's nothing they can do about it. And so instead, she lies. She tells them that they're doing everything they can, that they're going to take care of them, that they're going to defeat the armies, that they're going to hold them back. And it gets even, you know, more aggressive when the group starts basically badmouthing Ellen, selling, saying they don't believe that Ellen can do anything for them. And then, like, steel pushes out and flares, like, bronze and starts, like, or not bronze, uh, dang it, brass. Yes, thank you. And it's just like starts soothing people starts soothing them and 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 pushes out with a steel push and is like no like i'm not gonna have y'all talk bad about ellen do y'all not realize what he's done for y'all and she kind of like lets out a lot of this stress she's been having and you know the group member in the front you know seems to be the reason for the group and he's just like listen they're just really scared and it makes sense they just are really super scared here but they take what she says and they believe it for now and they leave and Tindwell's very happy with this because finally, you know, Vin was able to confront them. And she's like, she's like, I lied. And Tindwell's like, you didn't lie. You know, all you, all you did was believe optimistically. And <laughs> good way to put it. And she's like, no, but, you know, the city is going to fall. And then Tindwell gets really mad and goes, so what is it then? Do you believe you can hold this city or not? Because if you don't believe you can hold the city, you should take Ellen and run right now. I'm tired of your crap. Make up your mind. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, I'm not leaving. And then she goes, well, good. Your mind's made up then. You're going to, you're like, we're going to win is essentially what it's saying. But this decision's cut really short because there's some drums going off on the wall. And those drums signify that there's an army attacking the wall. And we get a, a shift to Ellen's point of view. Ellen watches an absolutely pitiful, pitiful defense of the wall as Straff sends in a, a group of about a thousand soldiers to attack it. We, we eventually, they retreat, and we end up learning it's a test. They're just testing the defenses, and they did terribly. You know, Vin arrives, and the group sees Vin and goes like, see ya, and the group just runs the minute that Vin shows up. But we learn from clubs, and I think Ellen even says this is the first time he's heard clubs give any emotion what he said, but he screamed out to Vin and said, Vin, stop, don't go fight. And he explains this whole, them testing everything. And, um, yeah. You know, at this point, Straff was basically saying, I can take the city whenever I want. And that's the end of chapter 25. 
chapter 26 a little bit quicker but still kind of long these 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 chapters are are a bit longer than what we've been getting so far but we essentially get Orsur does not want Vin to go see Shraf. He is consistently telling her, it's a bad idea, don't do it. But she like explains their plan, and he's just like, okay, I can see that. When are we going? And Vin's like, not taking you. And Orsur goes, oh, you're probably right, that would be a good idea. But like, Orsur, Orsur wants to go mm-hmm. into a dangerous situation with Vin. Mm-hmm. He wants to help. Like... I don't know, man. Like their 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 relationship over these last couple of chapters has been really showing like they're growing together. So she just Orser leaves her with one last warning, which as we've learned from you know the past couple of chapters, what Orser has gone through, Orser says, Straff Venture, even for a master, is I think is a man not to be trusted. That is bad. That is some bad rep right there. Mm-hmm. If 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 that's what Orsur believes. But they have the plan. Astraf needs to see, see them as weak. Vin dresses up and looks fantastic. She gets a note from the dressmaker, and it turns out that the dressmaker figured out that she was Lady Vin and made the dress for a Mistborn because there's places to hide her knives and her medals everywhere throughout the vest, or the dress, which is really cool. So, anyway... Vin looks at Ursura and is like, hey, how do I look? And Ursura's like, I don't care for dresses. Like, they're unpra- impractical. And she goes, you're a man. He's like, how did you know? You know, gender's pretty hard to figure out. And he just, she just, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly how, by the way you're acting. But she comes out absolutely beautiful, gorgeous. Ham, Dachshund, Ellen there are, is there. And they're both, they're all like, oh, crap. You know, Vin's wearing a dress again. And they all kind of give her a hard time. And I think it's really funny because we get to see that side of Vin come out again. You know, I think Ellen leans down to try to give her a kiss and, and Vin's like, dude, you're not going to screw my makeup up. Like back off, mm-hmm. like back off. But they have this moment where it's just nice and pure. They're all friends again. And right before they leave and they head out and Vin's just talking to Ellen at this point about like, listen, you know, basically asked about the whole liking her and how that's going thing essentially. And, and, and Ellen's like, you know, I'm not worried about my own life here. I'm not worried about that. I'm just mostly worried about, you know, what's going on with you. And he and he he talks about the whole dress situation. He goes, "I dress like a different person. And I feel like a different person." So, if you dressing in dresses makes you feel like someone you're not, don't do it. But if it makes you feel better, do it. You know, he goes basically. He comes out to things as, "I'm going to love you for however you come out. You just need to decide what's you." And she she's good. she's pretty happy to hear that, but they turn it turns out they are prepping to go to the army. They get there, Distraff's army. It's being run flawlessly, and Ellen's like, "Oh crap!" Like I thought he would be a really bad leader here because he doesn't do that. But who's there, Mac? The obligators. The obligators. Dang, they're so efficient. Indeed, <laughs> they're so efficient. But they're there running the army, like you know, well, not leading it, but like they're running the logistics. They're putting everything together. I'm sure they're running the camp. They're feeding them. You know, that's bad. Why did the obligators throw in with Straff? That's something I'm I'm curious about, right? Because they were supposed to throw in with you know all they cared about was throwing in with the Lord Ruler, and we see that in in, in Ellen's Empire. You know, even though they're there, they're not happy about it. So. What makes Straff such a good option for them? But Ellen decides, you know, we're going to come in there and we're going to try to play them like a fiddle. You know, Vin, Vin comes in and starts 
pulling on Straff's emotions immediately, and we learn purposely really bad for him to pick up on it. And and so she can seem like a bad alamancer, right? And then the whole time Ellen's like trying to offer to become Straff's heir again, and it's just a, like this really interesting, you know, dynamic between the two where Ellen's trying to convince him to be an ally, but at the same time be as pitiful as possible. So Straff thinks he can turn on them at any point. And we eventually hit a point where they're failing to get the interest of them. And, and Straff's like, what about the ATM? And Ellen goes like, oh, you know, I'll give you the ATM after you defeat Set. And Vin just blurts out, well, doesn't blurt. She quietly goes, we don't have it. And tells Straff the truth. And Ellen sees that and goes, all right, I can, okay, I can mess with this. And goes, I, I, you know, she's lying, father. I have it. I hid it even from her. And they're just trying to play like this really desperate and scrambling group and really undersell their themselves. Uh, eventually, Straff brings in a girl that looks like Vin just as a power play. And then is just like, goes, all of you need to leave. I need to talk to just, just Alan alone. And that's where we're left at the end of this chapter. So interesting. Yes. Um, it's a, uh, so the big, the big plays with Straff are gonna, this is like one of the bigger moves that are coming out with the book so far. I mean, we've got these armies that are coming up and we're seeing kind of the negotiating tactics Ellen has. Um, the whole big earlier in the chapter or earlier in the book, we had been talking about how the, this plan hinges on Ellen's ability to manipulate his father. And he always has this big confidence that he definitely is able to manipulate his father. But as Straff comes in, you know, he just like when he interacted with Kelsier, just like, you know, pretty much any other time, he seems to pretty much have control over everything. Um, he seems to very much anticipate Ellen. He doesn't show his cards at all. And Ellen, you know, is playing a good game. Um, you know, he and Ven, you know, are trying to work with each other um, to pull this on. But Ven immediately gets caught soothing uh, Straff. Yeah, I mean, Ellen thinks it's on purpose. He even says it. He goes, he goes, Ellen, Ven's too good for that. You know, Ven must have got caught on purpose. And yeah, and the whole thing is that Vin was raised by Breeze, and so she—it's kind of a masterful move. If it hasn't happened yet, it's going to happen really soon. Um, she whispered to Ellen, "Oh man, I can't believe he could feel that. You know, he must be really good at being able to sense alamancy and knowing that Straff is a ten eye." Yeah, Ellen, Ellen loudly proclaims, "He's a ten eye," so yeah. he can hear everything we're saying. But, you know, Vin knew that. And so when, you know, throughout the conversation, you could almost guarantee that Vin was sitting there put toying with him, you know, soothing and rioting, whatever she she wanted to do. Because, I mean, she was taught by Breeze. Um, so, I mean, like, you know, major shift uh, in, in the play. We're going to be seeing a lot more of that. Um, er oh. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. I want to talk about here, again, how... Tendul acts right because Tendul like Vin straight up points out why are you being so nice to me Tendul why are you being so nice to me you're you're basically a big booty head to to Ellen all the time and she straight up points out Ellen is a pampered no no nobleman you know I can assume you've lived a life that's been hard enough on you you don't need me being mean to you and pushing you to do stuff. She basically says, I treat people, you know, with what they need. And Ellen needs a heavy hand and you don't. 
and uh i think she's like why are you so nice why are you being so nice and she was basically like i am always nice not to ellen um, but yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? Like Ellen wasn't going to get about, get by with coddling. He had to be told the hard truths really, really directly, really, really aggressively so that he could d- take up things really, really quickly. Um, but then we get like more of the history with Ven, you know, Ven, they talked about, it's been kind of dangled like, oh yeah, she stopped wearing the dresses. She stopped doing this, but it wasn't immediately after the empire fell. And she explains, like, yeah, it was because essentially Ellen had proposed to her and she got really uncomfortable with all of it all of a sudden. I really do think it's because, you know, that that whole idea, I don't think it's because she got uncomfortable as much as it's that she sees herself as not being worthy. That's what she said to Tendul. And to me, when she said that out loud, it made clear sense to me why she would stop wearing the gowns at that point. She's literally trying to distance herself from the image of what she believes Ellen needs, which is a noble woman who can be a queen. That, okay, sure. That makes a lot. I mean, and that's, that's the whole, whole, whole thing is like, I am this one person. I'm not this other person. I am the knife. <laughs> but she does also admit like, this is what she, she does enjoy this stuff. Like mm-hmm. she is, um, she wishes, she sometimes, you know, yearns for that, you know, previous time whenever she was able to do all that stuff. And she hasn't really, before her excuse was she didn't really indulge in anything because before she was using Kelsier and the crew's money, and now she's using Ellen's money, which is the kingdom's money, uh, which, you know, they can, they are trying to feed everyone. So she felt, she felt guilty about it. Um, I mean, it's just kind of like a little interesting character tick because we, we, we get into Vin's head, but we still don't know everything about her. Like the whole reveal about Ellen's proposal that this is new information for us, um, and Tendwell is super, is clearly a very interesting character because the way she interacts with Vin is significantly different from Ellen. She does get get pretty sharp with her at some points, um, but like it makes perfect sense that she would act one way to to Ellen and a different way to Vin. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk again about the relationship with Orsur. I think it's really interesting here. In, in in the matter, you know, of a couple of chapters, I don't think we get an exact breakdown of that on the timeline of how much time has gone by in those chapters. But um, in a matter of a couple of chapters, Vin seems to at least turned Orsur's view of her around enough that he's willing to be helpful now. He's actively alerting her. He alerted her of Sazed showing up. Here, he alerted her that Tendul is about to come into the room while she was sleeping. No, these aren't things he did in the past. Yeah, he's taking some initiative, um, which like that, like it was it was kind of almost a throwaway line, something I had missed when I went did my first read through where she said essentially like she's like, you never did this for me before. So um, and she also said, you know, she would thank him. You know, thank you. Thank you. Good job, you know, for being able to like point this out and let me know about it. These are things that, you know, we're really seeing that they're kind of working up a little bit better. And I think there was one point where he had a little um, kind of like a, a joke with her when I think Orianne said, it was like, oh, you're a ska? That's so, I'm so sorry. And he laughed. And he has like a little chuckle uh, that she's like, only someone with 10 would have been able to hear. Yeah. Um, Which makes me think, 
did Spook hear the chuckle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess Spook doesn't know anything about uh, no one. No one knows about her about Orser yet, except for Alan. So, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because even yeah, even the crew members don't really know know about Orser. Mm-hmm. The good news is, I didn't even mention this, but they got to mark Spook off the list because Vin Vin felt Spook burning tin. Right, 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 so. and so. Uh, that is another good point. We don't know who the spy is. Who's left right now? I'm trying to remember. They've knocked off Ham. They've knocked off Spook. So that leaves... Clubs was... Bree, Bree, they knocked off Breeze. They, they have not knocked off Clubs or Dachshund yet. Off the main crew. I think they... She what she thinks that Clubs might have been... Because that was the mistake that he had burned bronze or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, But... Yeah. but uh, So Clubs isn't like officially off the list, but... No, um, no, and again, I want to say I can't confirm a hundred percent, but I want to say I read somewhere that the corrected version of the book is she just asked a random Alamancer if they could feel the pulses, and that may be that may be that may be accurate. But um, so we still have from the original crew, uh, Dachshund clubs. That's it, right? Dachshund clubs. I think so, because yeah. um, pretty much everyone else is is covered. Um, so, you know, the big, the big workout, the big thing that we're going to be working into is, you know, what's going to happen now that Ellen and Ven are right in the teeth of this, this army. And in the next chapter, we're going to see how we handle Straff. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you. He fathered no children, yet all of his land became his progeny. Progeny? Progeny. 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 (laughs) Restart.